0: Welcome back. This is episode four of the Drake SJMC podcast. I'm Chris Snyder, joined by producer Taylor Voss. Hello, Taylor.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: So this is a big day for you.
1: It is. It's a Monday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like your final exam, right? Like yeah. We, we signed up for four episodes of this podcast as a part of your independent <laughs> study.
1: Yeah. So this is episode four. Hopefully it's the best one yet. So, so.
0: we'll let the readers grade you. So based on how many cool. five-star reviews we get, that's, that's how your grade <laughs> <Please> comes in.
1: <laughs> please review us on iTunes. Uh, please give me five stars. <laughs>
0: Uh, but we will continue to do this, right? So yeah. beyond beyond just the independent study, we, we will do more. So uh, be ready for more episodes of this podcast uh, in the very near future.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll open up a Twitter and so people can ask us questions that way. But Twitter is a whole beast. I don't want to conquer <laughs> just yet.
0: I <laughs> knew they really have questions for us. I don't know.
1: Maybe. We'll see.
0: Um, okay. So our guest today is a 2012 Drake grad with degrees in public relations and marketing. Am I correct? Right. Uh, so, we'll, yeah. Welcome, Emily Steele. Okay, thank you, uh, Emily Boyd. When yeah, you were a student here at Drake, now Emily Steele. Um, so. Really, I want to jump right into kind of what you are doing now. So you are a co-founder of a company called Brand Launch, mm-hmm. uh, which is a company that helps businesses grow. Is maybe the simplest way to That's to right. to put it. Um, yeah. And so so tell us about Brand Launch.
2: Yeah. So Brand Launch was a business baby that I created with one of my best friends, Whitney Warren, here in Des Moines. We basically started growing different businesses and found that we had very similar ways of doing it. People would be like, "How did you build a business?" And we're like. Well, a lot of it was based on personal branding and showing up for a community, showing up on social media, creating conversations, engaging with our community, and all of these very untraditional ways where, you know, a lot of us are taught, like, the top 10 marketing strategies or what you need to know about public relations to get media, but that wasn't necessarily how we built our business. It was really about engaging in relationships that that uh, would open new doors and, um allow us to grow where we wanted to grow. So we figured, you know, these uh, strategies were working for us in the personal branding space. So we wanted to teach other people about it. So how you show up on campus, how you show up in the classroom and at networking events in the community that matters and people have a perception of you. So back in 2018, which wasn't that long ago, um, <laughs> we started hosting a bunch of different workshops and just saying, hey, if you want to learn about the idea of personal branding and how it impacts you in life and business, show up. And people showed up. All of our workshops were selling out. And um, we just realized there's something about people showing up in our community that's really powerful, which led to the Hummingbird service, which I know you were going to ask me about, too. Yeah, well, you've already started. So, (laughs) yeah, so so,
0: so it's something that's that's, uh, kind of new and unique in Des Moines that you guys do. Mm
2: -hmm. So... Influencer marketing is something that's really kind of common at this point. Um I would say we started kind of with celebrity endorsements back in the day, you know, like Jennifer Aniston is uh, endorsed she endorses a lot of things. <laughs> yes, like she does. what does she not endorse? But you know, she's an example and so we kind of started moving away from that as social media grew. We started seeing These influencers on Instagram, if you will, and Facebook and these people with really large audiences, people followed the messages they were saying. And, you know, the thing that I kept coming back to is like, I'm making decisions in Des Moines based on what my friends are doing and what my peers and people in my industry um, are recommending on social media. It's not necessarily influencers because influencers are talking about national products for the most part. But what about things happening in Des Moines? The things like new restaurants opening, um, new books that are coming out, things like that. And again, going back to my local community and seeing that and making purchasing decisions and time decisions based on that. So Whitney and I were like, Well, let's invite people who we pay attention to on social media and bring them in a room and say, Hey, what would happen if we all came together and started collaborating with local businesses, events, projects, nonprofits, etc.? And they were super into it. And so the concept came alive and then we created a plane around it, essentially, because we just wanted to see, you know, what would the response be anyway. And so we um we are now at 150 hummingbirds and we say you know, an example of that is, say, a brand-new restaurant's opening, you know, maybe on University here soon, and which is exciting. And uh, they want 30 hummingbirds to come and create buzz for their business. So... A lot of times people will invite the news stations out, um, TV, to get that buzz. But we're saying, what about everyday people? So 30 hummingbirds, we call them hummingbirds because influencers feel a little pretentious sometimes. Um, 30 hummingbirds would show up and they would create posts on Instagram, Instagram stories, their grid, their Facebook, um, and ultimately just share their experience. And they, in exchange for that, they get a perk. So nothing is monetized by this experience um we make money for being kind of the broker of the birds kind of like a talent agency if you will and so that has um that launched last july and so we're about a year and a half ish a little over a year into offering this service and just worked with dozens of local and big brands here in the metro which has been really cool
0: And I think what's really unique about it because, I mean, you think of an influencer program where you have kind of one person with a massive follower mentions one thing. But with this, it's like suddenly everyone in your feed is talking about one thing and so you can't ignore it like you you can't ignore ignore that fact so (laughs) even though Des Moines sometimes feels small and it feels like we all are connected it kind of maybe even plays off of that because it's like whoa why is everyone suddenly talking about this thing I need to at least look into that
2: yeah that's what we realized like Des Moines small enough like we we haven't conceptualized this or done this in any other city so I don't know what it'd be like in a New York city or Chicago but Des Moines like Everyone's got like two or so mutual friends at this point. And so you see that overlap. Like one of our favorite comments we see on our Hummingbirds posts is, wow, I've seen this everywhere. I've seen like you talk about this pizza all the time. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. But you don't know that. So it's okay. (laughs) But yeah, that's ultimately like it's the power of community and multiple people instead of one influencer. Right. So. So have you seen this
0: done elsewhere?
2: Not at the grassroots community level. Um, No. I would say like brand ambassadors is the second Mm -hmm. tier of this. So some businesses would have a brand ambassador program where they have like 10 to 20 ambassadors who promote their stuff on social. Um, But this is saying like we're offering you brand new people to experience your brand where brand ambassadors are already like on board and love the brand usually. So we haven't, which is giving us obviously a lot of ideas on how to expand beyond Des
0: Yeah, that's true. Because if you're a brand ambassador, you sign on because you love that brand. Yeah. But if you're a hummingbird, yeah. you're going to learn about new products the same way as everyone else. Yep. So. You're willing to give it
2: a try and you're willing to talk about it online. And if you, one of the things we say to the hummingbirds is, I mean, not everyone's going to have a perfect experience. Like unfortunately, that's just the reality of operating a business is, you know, you you do have the, you can disappoint people. Yep. And so we say, like, if you don't have a good experience on social media, don't go bashing our community online. Give us really constructive feedback that we'll share with the businesses. So that's kind of that's an agreed upon, you know, conversation that happens before we have a hummingbird flight happen. There's so many hummingbird <laughs> words you can use now. Um, so that's that's a helpful feature as well.
0: Let's uh, so let's back up yeah, to when good. you were a student here yeah. at Drake University. Mm-hmm. So, what did you see yourself doing after graduation? How how did you see your your career unfolding when you were
2: here at Drake? Yeah. So at Drake, I would say like came here. I was like, I'm gonna be an event coordinator, and I was like, no, I don't think <laughs> I am. But I uh, I really loved the nonprofit space. I grew up being really involved in. I'm from Pella involved in kind of good work that either my church or community was doing. That was really important to me then. And so I kind of carried those values and that experience into nonprofit work. So I was taking on internships at nonprofits, whether they paid or not, because I thought it would be a great experience. So kind of my dream when I was mm, 21, 22, was to be an executive director, to be running a nonprofit. That was like where my path was going. And it wasn't really what anyone else at Drake was interested in that I was aware of, a lot of people were going into magazine or um, broadcast radio or whatever. Um, and in the marketing world, a lot of people were going corporate. And that, to me, just didn't really resonate. So, I mean, I graduated from Drake, and I, I remember feeling really like the black sheep. I, I applied to bike cross-country. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, um, yeah. 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 I, it was my senior year, and I was like, crap, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not totally sure. I got a job offer. It was really good. Um, and I was just like... I, I just like in my heart knew I couldn't take it. And so I applied to bike cross country, which is crazy because I didn't own a bike and I had to raise like $5,500 and I was doing marketing EMPR. I think I I was diagnosed with shingles, so I was really stressed my senior year. It was crazy. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And I applied and had the interview and the guy was like, yeah, you're accepted. I was like, there's no way you are accepting someone so unqualified to bike cross-country. But I um, graduated, at nine strangers in San Diego, bike cross-country, and honestly, it was the best professional experience, too, because it wasn't just like a fun bike ride. I would actually say the, the opposite was true, but it was to raise money for clean water in Kenya. And using those PR skills and marketing skills and the communications um, tactics that I was learning at Drake to help raise forty thousand um, dollars for this this project we were doing in Kenya was like real world experience that I'm not sure I would necessarily have gotten right away in a job. Um, definitely not being told to bike for two months of your life. And then I came back and spent eleven months doing AmeriCorps service at a nonprofit here in town too. So, yeah, that was I was kind of following the path that I wanted to do in a lot of ways. Like seeing in that nonprofit alley yeah now that I'm in business ownership world it's
1: obviously changed a lot
0: yeah so Taylor biking across the country is that what you see happening after you graduate
1: absolutely not (laughs) I'm very bad at biking (laughs) I I didn't even own a bike so right so I have a bike and I bike about as fast as I walk so (laughs) okay that's fair I'm not as good anymore
0: (laughs) Well, you know, so one thing is, um, so you mentioned kind of feeling like the black sheep here. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen a change in the last couple of years that it feels like the students like really want to work for nonprofits now. And that's Ooh. that's kind of what students okay. want to do. And they're not chasing corporate dreams and, mm-hmm. and that sort of yeah. thing.
2: Go you, students. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that wasn't as um, motivating. But I think there's a lot. There's a big shift in the younger. here's you guys are what, Jenna X? I am
1: barely a millennial z sorry not (laughs) Not Z. I can't even you're barely a millennial i am i am literally the cusp of millennial so millennial
0: is y and then z yeah i'm x
1: can i do can i do this right it's alphabetical (laughs) right oh my gosh Uh, (laughs) most students here z yeah okay and z is like
2: don't like all feel want to feel connected more connected to your work and your purpose like there's definitely a shift and i think that's happening with a lot of people too it's just saying like how can I do things differently? Do I have to work the typical 40 hours? And like, what, is, what does work mean to me? And I've, I've seen that shift with the younger gens and I, I that's what I was starting to feel that I didn't sense a lot of my peers were experiencing. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah. doing something about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, so what came after, cause after, I mean, it, I guess you didn't, when you were a student, you weren't yeah. thinking, all right, I'm gonna bike across America. That's my okay. next step, mm-hmm. but it was, and then what came from there, how did we okay. how did we get to your current company?
2: Yeah, so a year of AmeriCorps and then applied for a job as a neighborhood engagement co- coordinator at another nonprofit, which would have definitely been for like a city planner, like someone who graduated from Iowa State, for example. But yeah. I remember my interview, and this comes back to this personal brand conversation where we are today in business, is um, the lady who interviewed me said, you know, I mean, I didn't have any technical experience to get this job other than, um, communications, which is effective in any career. But, um, she was like, I hired you because you were so passionate about this bike ride you did (laughs) and like, you just brought so much joy into that room. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really about soft skills. Like, I think that's something that, um, I was definitely hammered into that was hammered into my brain at Drake, um, one of the first classes in the business school, Dean Bloom, when he was here, said, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I was like, holy crap. Well, I better get to know people at Drake then, you know. And so anyway, got that job and spent three years building a multi-million-dollar neighborhood revitalization campaign on the east side of Des Moines and working with the community and saying, like, what's going to make your community a better place to live, work, and play? you know, whether it's housing repairs or you know fixing the streets or better programs after school for kids, like how do we work together and make a positive change? And so that was a really amazing experience, but I'm a typical millennial. I had three years and I was like, what's next? <laughs> and so I moved on, went to a digital marketing company for a couple of years and really started to Fall in love with the business side of things. And nonprofits are still businesses, they're just obviously different government, the code, whatever, you know, um, operating differently. So I was like, wow, if you're a business owner, you can also make a really tremendous impact. You can use the money you make to invest back in your community. You can offer, you know, free services when you feel like it. Not always, not always the best idea. (laughs) Um, But I was like, there's a lot of power in the small business community in Des Moines, too. Like, I mean, you think about people who go go downtown or to the East Village, it's because of the businesses. It's because of the restaurants and the experiences you can have. And so I wanted to be a part of that. And at this marketing company, that's where I really learned kind of the bones of like, what does it look like day to day to operate a business? So two years passed, um, brand launch was, brand launch came into the picture and um, here we are today. And there's been a lot of things in between that gave me the confidence to go out on my own. To things specifically, in 2014, I launched this thing called Pop-Up Yoga Des Moines. And that was like, I don't know if you remember this, but no one was offering (laughs) yoga except like um, city parks. So they were doing yoga at like Craze Lake and another popular park. Um, I can't remember which one, but um, yoga was meant for studios. And I found that it was expensive and not accessible to everyone. So I was like, what if yoga was accessible to anybody and, like, anybody, like, physically? And so just started offering yoga around town. And, like, this was before people were doing yoga with goats and cats <laughs> and wine and beer. Like, I was starting those, some of those concepts and ideas. And it was a really great run uh, 14. So I ended up closing that this year because businesses have figured out how to do it. And there are so many yoga teachers now in Des Moines that are hungry for these, like, community-based experiences to get their name out there. Yeah. Where I just was like, you know, you might as well not keep this thing going if it doesn't need to be. So that was a big thing for me to say, hey, what does it look like to do this? And then Femme City Des Moines was my other opportunity um, to kind of fill a need in Des Moines as well. So that was 2017. Years get very blurry. (laughs) um, Where I just saw... I was looking for a community of, um, women in business and I wasn't really finding that in local chambers or other establishments. And so I was like, well, if I don't have it, why don't, why don't I create it? That's kind of always my thinking is if something's missing, how do I create something that's a little bit more disruptive or innovative or whatever I feel is missing in the market. And so Femme City Des Moines was something that had existed in the Metro, but I had the opportunity to kind of rebrand, revitalize it and, um, brought in i think it we started with five members grew to 500 in a year which was exhausting and <laughs> awesome and um built that community over the last two years and just handed off the baton to a new president two weeks ago three weeks ago and so this has been the year of like closing closing doors and opening new ones but that was those two experiences like i don't think i could have gone off on my own last june and been confident about it because there's no way you know exactly what you're doing when you start a business. You just kind of have to believe in yourself.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask is just how, how do you how do you get that confidence to say I can do something in my – like what, what gave you the confidence to, to do that when so many people – I mean, everyone thinks yeah. I want to start a business.
2: Everyone thinks that, and I don't think it's for everyone. But, you know, I think for me it was saying, okay, I had enough impact in my nonprofit career. I had grown such a wide network that I knew – If I was going to launch something, I had the support of my community behind me, where I think a lot of people think, like, oh, I'm going to launch a business, but don't know how to launch properly, or think about how they're going to share it with people and start generating leads in business, where I was like, I have hundreds of people who, when I share this message, they'll refer business to me because we have a strong relationship. It's just been a priority in my whole life is to invest in people. And so the reciprocity was already there and people were willing to, to give back. So I think that, but also like you have to, you have to know your numbers too. Like I knew how much we had to make. I'm married. So I knew what I needed to bring in and contribute to be able to, you know, pay for a mortgage and pay for a car. And so I think that's also very real. It's not, it wasn't, it was calculated for me in a lot of ways but also just knowing, like, I had the support in my community and also that I could get a job if it didn't work out. Like, I could go get another job somewhere else. It wasn't the end of the world, even if it was Jimmy John's. Like, it doesn't matter. You can, like, you can find a job anywhere, you know.
0: So what advice would you give to current SJMC students who maybe are interested in your career path and, mm-hmm. and see that as something they would, would like to potentially follow in?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest advice I give is just follow your curiosities. I think if something or someone interests you, dive into the topic, like listen to the podcast, you know, whether it's this or something else or read the books or show up at the events that are interesting to you, make connections. Again, I think this is, we live in a relationship world and it's really about fostering those relationships. And so if you, you know, if there's like 10 people in the Metro or the country or whatever it is that you aspire to be like, they're very like expansive to you and where you want to go start adding value to those people's lives and it's it can be a long game and it can it doesn't have to be icky or manipulative at all it's just saying like hey I aspire to be like you I want to build a relationship and add value to your life um, and come at it from that angle I think that's been kind of my biggest my biggest piece of advice beyond following your curiosity and not thinking like oh you know I why me I'm not capable of that or like I have no skill set in that it's like well you could learn it you know,
1: we're all here to learn anyway, so. So, question: How yeah. many times would I have to tweet Elon <laughs> Musk in order to add value to his life daily? <laughs> all right, work I mean, that.
2: here's the thing: You could also write like a letter, which I have found a few of people who have commented, if I've mentioned <laughs> on social, like, I'm so grateful for this new experience. Like, this is the power of like building relationships. It's what I talk about a lot on my social. Is people will write, oh. You know, seven years ago, you wrote me a thank you card, and I'll never forget it. I'm like, what did I write in that letter seven years ago? Because uh, who knows? But the fact that, like, if you can become memorable to someone in any way, shape, or form, you become top of mind. And top of mind means tip of tongue. So for referrals or becomes, you know, just really cool opportunities can come when you have added so much value. So maybe write them a letter. I don't know. (laughs) Daily letters. That might be a
1: little, like... I don't know. That so maybe it might be a little me. much, but... I know.
2: <laughs>
1: he, might, he might
0: appreciate it. He might. Yeah.
1: You maybe. never know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll if it's be. meant to
0: be, he'll appreciate it. That's yeah. true.
1: <laughs> Someday I'll be... I, once upon a time, I applied to be a barista at NASA. Really? Yeah. I did not get the job because, I you know, I'd have to move to Florida. Okay. But maybe but, next time a SpaceX barista position opens up.
2: There's Heck my yeah. door open. There it is. I like it. That's so random and awesome. Florida.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, Emily, how can people follow you if they want to reach out to you or get a hold of you?
2: Sure. So, love the Instagram. So, that's like where I hang out the most on social. I'm just Emily.Steel. Um, but, website is Brand Launch, B R A N D. L-A-U-N-C-H dot site. S-I-T-E is where um, a lot of the personal branding and hummingbird uh, conversations are happening. So that's where i All right.
0: Thank you for joining us today yeah, on an episode four. <laughs> and everybody, so we'll be back with more hopefully next week. Um, and be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Thank you. Thanks, guys.